Support for our show comes solely from listeners like yourself. If you like what we're doing, help us by sharing the pod on social media and leaving us a five-star review, whether it's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Audible. Thanks again for listening, and without further ado, let's start the show. Hi, my name is Shannon Vincent. This is my 19th year with Pinellas County Schools, and I currently teach English 2 and 11th grade intensive reading. We need our union. Now more than ever, teachers are viewed by some members of our society as suspect, and so we need representation to protect us from the absurd claims questioning our professionalism. Plus, we're teachers. We always want to do a good job. We essentially spend a huge portion of our lives working for free. For years, I have been a counter of cars in the teacher parking lot. Most of the time, I count at least 10 to 15 cars an hour before our contracted time and an hour after. To do the job right, we all have to work for free. And without the union going to bat for us, we would have no means to say no to the impossible amount of work the district demands of us. Our union makes sure that a teacher does have the recourse to choose to go home and leave the papers to grade behind. In a time of so much teacher burnout, that's essential to the survival of public education. Welcome back to PCTA's Fire Podcast. As always, I am your lovable and sane, not insane host, Brennan Pickett. I am the FEA director and co-chair of the Fire Committee. And with me is my best friend, my comrade in arms, all the good things in the world. Go ahead, my man. <laughs> uh, Philip Belcastro, I have, I have no exaltations. Uh, He's also I'm, a co-chair. Don't that forget that. That is true. I am also here for that. We are here for fire. fire. Always fire. Yeah. With a Y, not an I. Right. But today, we have two special guests, first-timers on the pod. Um, go ahead and introduce yourselves. Well, I am the utterly insane first-year teacher, uh, Mr. Aziz, or you can call me Ramsey, since we're here on the podcast mm-hmm. and not in the classroom. Um, first-year teacher here at St. Pete High, graduated a month late, uh, graduated from college a month later, got a job here. It's been great. I've been loving it every day, especially since working with these guys, especially. What do you teach? I teach AP Psychology. I teach AP European History. I teach Anthropology Honors as well as Humanities Honors. That's a lot of preps, my man. Sure I'll enough. be honest with you. Those last two classes, they, you should put an asterisk around them. But we'll get to that later. <laughs> and then also... Hi, I am Mr. D'Alessandro, or Joseph D'Alessandro, but most people call me uh, Joey on a nickname. Uh, So I am a marine science and anatomy physiology teacher here, and this is my third year teaching, but it's actually my fifth year at this school. Because you do another job here. I do do another job here. I am also the school's athletic trainer, 
So uh, after school every day, I am here helping with the athletes, making sure they uh, get out everything that they need taken care of, whether it's for taping, rehab, um, pretty much anything that they need that is under the guise of health. He's a real busy body. Sometimes he gets to do his laundry here, too. Not, not anymore. I moved. Oh, that's so right. So now, now I actually have laundry there uh, at, at my new place. Um, but uh, at least according to uh, uh, Phil, he uh, once called me the ghost of St. P. High because apparently we're haunted, or the school is haunted, yeah. but it's not actually haunted by a ghost. Yeah. It's just me here late at night. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're when, I first heard, when I first heard about you, Joey, uh, I heard that you lived in the walls of the school. So that's why mm-hmm. I was... I thought that I thought the rumor was true. But Only on the weekends. Not. Only on the weekends. It oh. takes most new teachers to figure out that teacher, coach, trainer, Joey are all the same one person. One person. So. It's actually his full name. Yeah. We always ask <laughs> the question: Who who coaches the coach man? Right, exactly. So we are here today to talk about a um, a topic that comes up quite often, actually, especially in the union, especially in the news, especially if you're just talking to anyone you know. It's in education, and that is what is driving the teacher shortage. And we have a rule today. We can't talk about pay because, boy, is this layered. And if you listen to our last episode, we even mentioned how it's very nuanced other than the things that Ron DeSantis has mentioned. But also, it is not just pay. We'll make that very clear today because teachers have a history of being paid underpaid, right? So what is making it so much worse? So we're going to do a roundtable discussion and talk about our top threes. Mr. D'Alessandro, you want to get started, maybe? Yeah, um, so my first thing that I kind, of, I kind of wrote down a few things on my phone. So um, one thing is, is oversight. Now, I don't think that's something necessary that is bad here, personally. But I remember uh, Phil earlier was talking about how he saw or, or he's heard that there's been a lot of things where teachers get, um, what's the word I'm looking for, just a lot of uh, overbearing administrators mm-hmm. that get pretty much, in, like a better term, in their business to make sure they have lesson plans and, and a bunch of other things that it's very difficult for them to actually do their job, and it's a lot of stress. So I, uh, it doesn't really happen here as much. Our administration, I think, is fantastic. But I can see that stuff like that is really, really difficult. It really depends that. which school you're at, for sure. Um, it's not just uh, it's not a district problem. Some schools are better than others, obviously. But, yeah, there are plenty of schools in this district. And we know teachers in this district who have overbearing totally. principals who are yeah. constantly in their face, mm-hmm. in their lesson plans, putting them on success plans, right? That overbearingness that happens here is not good for teacher climate. What else do you have in there? Um I have the one taboo word, so I'm going to skip over that okay, one. Okay, can't say okay. <laughs> um, so, and then, <laughs> that didn't take long at all. <laughs> didn't take long. Uh, then the, um, the next one is uh, conditions. I know it, um, I think last year was uh, like in Bell Building. It was apparently, I wasn't here when it was built, obviously, but Bell Building here, I remember one of the first days back from, I think it was last year, back from summer, I walk in, going up to my room, and I hear water. I'm like, what is, what is, what is that sound? What is this water? Why is it feeling like there's a waterfall in the, in the building? And I kind of like peek my head around a corner, peek my head inside of a door, and there's literally water from a busted pipe falling onto the ground, and which is a trash can there. So that's just like one thing I specifically remember about conditions. But there's just other things where... That just was like before the, the renovations, though. That was before the... Well, Bell and after... Yeah, Bell Building had problems, but that was the waterfall. Because I remember seeing videos of it. It was specifically before the renovations, though, right? And that's one of our newer... It's still not great. Newer buildings. Yeah, it is a new... It's funny how the the 100-year-old building, the main building, is like 
pretty rad. Mm-hmm. Bell Building, which is from the 70s, I think. Yeah. Where's that? No, 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 it was built in the 90s, I think, or 80s. <laughs> so, so more. It's not good. It's newer, yeah. and it's yeah. like completely falling apart. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's horrible. Um, and, but under conditions, I would even put things like just basic supplies. Like a lot of times it comes into us to get these basic supplies for. Now, we do get lead money before the students, but like I have daily, all the time, like, can I get a pencil? Can I get a pen? Can I get paper? And it's not necessarily these kids, all these kids' uh, fault that they do that or they need that. But um, I don't have a – I feel like that's something that should be provided. I don't think $300 is going to cut a pencil every single day for some of these kids. No. Yeah. And if I knew – well, knowing myself back then, I lost my pencil every single period. So I can't really blame them. Joey's a model student as well. <laughs> that is great. But you mentioned conditions. Um, I'm surprised no one said it yet. Um, AC? That, oh, that's is been not, out. that is not just a St. Pete High problem, by the way. I right. hear this throughout the district, how AC units are constantly failing. And if you're in a bad portable like I was three years mm-hmm. ago, four years ago, I forget. That but, like pretty much comes up at every school board meeting, too, is the AC every, failures at every site. And it got bad here. I remember when I was in my portable. This is hilarious, right? This is before COVID. This is pre-COVID. Basically, I would have the doors open in the morning during wintertime because it would be like... Uh, It'd be cold outside, so like 50 degrees. Yeah, so like I, right now. Like I'd 50, open all my 60. doors, open all my doors, nice and cool. But I tell you right now, after lunch, the kids would come in. My portable would get up to like 85 degrees in the afternoon. And I'm like, we're sweating bullets. And I'm like, hey, guys, let's open the books to Romeo and Juliet. But don't sweat in my books, please. Yeah. It was intense. And I know you had problems this year with AC. I had, I had a lot of problems. Um, I jokingly with my students, I didn't actually do it. But I was like, if I'm sweating, we're not learning. But we um, <laughs> we still did stuff, but it's just it's not if I'm uncomfortable, the students are uncomfortable. It's just not yeah. a good. It's torture. It's almost um, like negative to the students because they don't want to be there. They don't want to learn. It's like can we just go somewhere else? I, for a while, I was in a different classroom and I had to rearrange all my lessons plans because I was supposed to do dissections at certain times after certain lessons, but I can't because I don't have AC and I don't want people sweating and just being uncomfortable while we're cutting open like mollusks and we're cutting open perches and other things like that. I just like to think of it like the people who run the maintenance here in Pinellas County, it's kind of like your landlord. (laughs) Like, Hey, my AC is broken. Well, did you vacuum it? (laughs) Yeah. Sounds about right. Come on, man. (laughs) My toilet has been broken in my uh, own apartment. Like, you know, actually like the flushing part. I don't know what you call it. So I have to remove the lid every single time. So like, I'm sure they're it, they're working with the same people, the landlords and the the county. Turns out maintenance is your landlord, right? It's like, have you guys God heard the, help us? <laughs> have you guys heard of the conspiracy theory with? Um, well, it's not really a conspiracy theory. It kind of got proven where the uh, McDonald's and their ice cream machines and why they're always broken. Why is that? That they're kind of meant to break down, and they have a specific, they have a contract with a specific company that has to come out and fix them. Yeah. They can't have a third party come and fix them, and so they're. That's pretty common in, yeah, in like industry. like specific industries, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 not the same thing, but I feel like it's in line with this is off topic, but in line with like planned obsolescence. Mm-hmm. How like you Apple. need you have exactly that's what I was thinking. You have you have to replace your iPhone like every like three to five years. And it's like eh, just stop working. Why? Just because it's designed that way. All right, <laughs> so, we're getting back into Infowars. Yeah. So yeah. you're basically saying <laughs> the AC man is Your ruling. Your iPhone is an AC. Okay. I see what's going on. All right. Bill Castro, give us your top three. Top three. Um, well, I, 
I, I will say, you know, I, I don't I don't like to do the the phony baloney sandwich thing where you like say a good thing, all the bad stuff no, that don't. you really mean, and then good things. I genuinely do have mostly good things to say, and I I tell my students, I tell you guys. You know, you all know, and my students know this too, that I've had like a million jobs. Like I've worked in warehouses and kitchens. I was in AmeriCorps in elementary school classrooms at a Title I school that had like no books. They just didn't have books. Um, I worked in a hair salon. I've had like a million jobs. This is definitely probably like top three, being a teacher still. Still the top three jobs ever. Probably only beneath record store because that place was was like a movie. It was like watching like High Fidelity or something. Um, but being a teacher is really rad. I really really like this job. Um, and a lot of the complaints that come out of teaching generally, like we were talking about, um, like administration oversight and stuff like that. Um, all the memes that are on like teacher TikTok that pe- that the te- that people have. I don't think we, or at least I, don't particularly experience here. Um, cause our, our administrators are pretty cool. Our district is, is fairly cool. Um, I don't really think we have some of those problems, but uh, ultimately the things that will, that will more than likely drive me away from teaching is, um, not, ex- it's not pay alone. Um, it's that it's, it's not keeping up with the costs of living and kind of like the, the social, emotional and physical toll that this job takes. You know, we, I mean, everybody knows we don't leave our work here you know mm-hmm. my, my my best friend is an er nurse he doesn't have to buy his own gloves and prep his own station on his days off mm-hmm. he just goes to work takes the gloves off throws them off throws them away and he's done with his job i have to grade we all grade on the weekends we all yeah. plan on the weekends we all have to buy supplies you know our own expo markers our own stuff for the kids um so it's sort of like the cost of the job in all aspects um this is in no particular order as well. Um, I think like the demands of the job, um, because I know, and I routinely say this, that, you know, if I continue teaching at another school, I know that it's not going to be this one. I mean, there will be those, those micromanaging administrators. There will be micromanaging department heads and APs, assistant principals and stuff like that. Um, I mean, I said it earlier, you know, a lot of teacher TikTok is, oh, they don't want to pay us, but they let us wear jeans on Friday. We wear, like, jeans and T-shirt every day. We're in IB school. We have JROTC. We have, you know, all ACE, right? We have all of these, like, crown jewel programs. We're, like, an A-plus school. We're doing great. And we we let the teachers teach, which is pretty cool. But this is an interesting thing, I think. Yet teachers are still quitting the school like crazy totally and we've had about 10 new teachers this year Mm -hmm. when i first started here six years ago people have been teaching the school for like decades right and now we're recycling teachers like they're used tissue and that's kind of like the last thing i was going to say too um you've mentioned this at the school board meetings how sometimes it feels like such a revolving door that it's almost you don't even want to learn these people's names because they may be gone within a couple of weeks which Mm -hmm. happened this you know happened this school year already happened yesterday happened yesterday happened yesterday Um, and for me the last thing that i would say which is probably going to be like you know the final thing for me um is not allowing the teachers to teach because of these overbearing programs and data analysis and you know essentially making the teacher becoming a facilitator of a program whether it's whether it's a classroom thing like ap or ace or whatever 
or a virtual learning platform. You know, I don't, I do, I do not want to be a facilitator of a virtual learning platform. I'm surprised you didn't say the magic word test yet because you love tests. <laughs> yeah. Can I rescind everything I said and change it to tests, <laughs> meetings, and trainings? Those are actually my three. Oh, there it's it testing, is. Meetings That's and training. Right yeah, sorry. I've, I've just woke up guys. <laughs> You've awakened the beasts. Yes. It's, it's definitely testing, trainings, and meetings. Um, You're listening to PCTA's Fire Podcast. In this episode, Joey D'Alessandro and Ramsey Aziz join us to discuss the ongoing teacher shortage and what's driving it. Sit back, relax, and continue to follow along as we delve into this important conversation. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, somebody else, please can, take test. Can testing. I comment actually on yeah. the take home thing? I mean, I feel like people don't realize how much um, emotional stress goes into this job. I mean, Absolutely. obviously. It's um, like I uh, the way I view it is I'm almost because I started teaching or I started at this school when I was 22, I think, as mm -hmm. just the athletic trainer. And a lot of these kids, it's like, I mean, at 22, how grown up were you really? And I have grown up. <laughs> little secret. Your uh, co-teacher is uh, 22 years old. Oh, oh, I'm so, the so, oldest so person here right now. So, yeah, I'm, I'll be 36. I'm the youngest cool. person here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but I, I essentially, some of these kids, I almost like, I feel like I almost kind of grew up, or as I'm growing up, they're growing up too. Mm -hmm. And so just naturally, you begin to care about these kids. And I say this all the time in my head. It's like teaching is you have to care a lot and not care at the same time because Sometimes there's things really out of your control that you just can't do anything about, yeah. and you almost have to flip a switch. But at the end of the day, you can't flip that totally. switch. Totally, yeah. And, or sometimes you can't on certain things. And sometimes where things just go wrong, it's like I want to leave, but then I sometimes don't want to leave right. because of all of these relationships that I've I mean, with these kids and my colleagues. And it's just yeah. so difficult just because all this take-home baggage that we have is just – right. I have a rule with my wife where we kind of just stop talking about work because that does happen to me where I'll go home and I'll keep talking about like my students and like the things that upset me, like that, they, the things they do like upset me. Like there's, there's students at a school that you and I know yes. who do things that actually genuinely upset me because I consider some of these kids like my sons and daughters. Oh, yes. I know so exactly who you're talking about. It's like emotional baggage. Right. It, I carry it. So we have a rule. Like we can't talk about school. I'm worse at it than Emily, but I mean, yeah. I mean, we have it. We've talked about this too. We have it sort of extra bad than a lot of the other subject areas here because we are English teachers. And when we give like memoir assignments or creative writing assignments, you know, we have to sit with this stuff at the kitchen table and read it. And some of it is, is, you know, I mean, I've, 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 we are mandated reporters. I've definitely pulled out my mandated reporter hat and be like, somebody else needs to look at this because I mean, some, you know, they they just don't have an outlet other than mine and yours classroom. So some of this stuff is absolutely vicarious trauma. 100%. You know, you're reading about these kids that you care about and you're like, Oh, I gotta close the laptop for a few hours and, and just step away. So, That's right. Yeah. So Aziz, what's your top three there, bud? Uh, well, for me, here's the thing. I don't have as much ex experience as you guys. You know, you guys have been here for such a, well, significantly longer than I have. And I'm kind of just new into the career. You know, I became a teacher a month into the school year. The teacher that was teaching these, uh, my students, um, for whatever reason, the, whatever the reasons were, quit. They got another person who had previously retired. They quit after like a week. 
And then I kind of just showed up in the perfect, you know, time period to just come in and to take control of the reins and do this. And every moment of it, I've been so like, you know, just grateful for just even being here. You know, that's uh, that's like that's where I'm coming from. Where it's like I know so many of my you know contemporaries who graduated in my class who still don't have jobs, who are working right. at Publix or yeah. working at. You know, the record shop or just doing their little Uber Eats. I have one of my best friends. He's doing his PhD in psychology and he's doing Uber Eats while he does his PhD. So it's like, in comparison, it's like, I'm actually, you know, I'm starting this career and whatnot. I'm already on like this path. So that's why I feel like, you know, I, I, I couldn't complain or I don't feel like I have the right to complain. Like you guys. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. So you're doing something that's very difficult, by the way. You're starting in the middle of a school year, right? I did the same thing when I first started. Yeah. And I just know where I was that time because I didn't have any friends, right? And I realized that I was on my own. And if it wasn't for a particular teacher I made friends with at the school, I feel like I might not have made it. When you first started a school, I know me, Bill Castro, right? We, we tried to like, you know, take you under our wing immediately. Yeah. If you feel like that support system wasn't here when you first started, do you think you would have made it very long? Oh no, definitely not. Mm -hmm. I would have, I would have definitely been gone or I would have, you know, lost my job or would have just, I would not have be the type mm -hmm. of teacher that I am right now because, you know, I didn't really have any real support. I was kind of thrown into the classroom and they said, figure it out. I came in which day is very one, common by the way. Mm -hmm. Came in day that's one with my dress pants, me. my dress shirt, my tie. I looked like a clown in front of the other students. Yeah, you did. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And they were like, "Who the hell is this guy?" And you know, I had to convince them that I'm the new guy. I'm the new teacher. Now here, here we are. We're doing lectures. You're taking notes. I'm not giving you a packet to work on for the whole period. No, we're actually going to do real learning. We're not going to do the Mickey Mouse learning, as I like to call it. But uh, because um, be because I had this support system that we developed, you know, with you two, with all the other co-teachers who, like, you know, I've been able to develop a relationship with, you know, I have been able to figure out because there was times when I was starting, like, that first month or two, like, probably up until November, where I was staying here, where I was staying here till six o'clock, planning material and trying to just figure things out, figure out what it is, if I'm doing things correctly, if I'm not. Yeah. And, you know, I've had my up, my first observation and I got like innovating for some of them and I've got like applying, I basically got like- Which is impressive. Like, it I is got, impressive. Yeah. Innovating I, is as high as you can get. Yeah. Yeah, so. yeah. So because of that, I feel like if it wasn't for the support system, like first, uh, like ensuring that like, you know, I was doing the right thing and getting guidance from you guys, I probably would not have gotten that type of score. And because of that, I feel like I've been lucky. But we have our, you know, the other teacher who recently quit, you know, and I think about in their position, you know, for me, I'm a young individual with no responsibility, no real responsibilities other than my job and my rent, really. I sold yeah. my car just so I wouldn't have to have that responsibility anymore. And because of that, you know, I can take a little bit more of the, the drama, the, you know, the emotional drama and whatnot. I relate with the kids a lot because only four years older than some of them. And so I guess what I'm kind of getting at, because your, your story is very compelling, I think. It's the, it's the idea that you're lucky 
in a sense, because not every teacher has support. And yeah. this is driving him out. That new teacher you mentioned who just quit, I think, because we did reach out to him, he also felt like he wasn't very supported, right? Not from... Uh, not from his peers, not from his... I mean, and it's, it's a shame. It's a shame. It's a shame. And, but, and unfortunately, here's the other big problem, is the, the Bell Castros, the me, right, the other teachers who are here trying to support teachers like you, we can't get to every single room, mm-hmm. to every single teacher. And not every site has those types of people either. I mean, similar to you, I, I started in the middle of the pandemic. Same thing, here's the keys to the room, figure it out, right? And had you not been already working here because i I'm, i've mentioned this at union meetings and stuff before but me and pickett know each other and went to school together we went to school each other but yeah. that's how we know each other and we were kind of like acquaintances in the same program but when i first started he was like do you teach at st pete high now and i was like yeah like not even knowing where this is going he's like yeah your your classroom's right next door to mine so that's kind of how this mm-hmm. what we're doing right now started um, and I have routinely said that had that not been the case, I probably would have dropped my keys off in the front office and said, nope, not for me. So here's the thing. How can people fix this? Because right now we're talking about how our school's working because we have great teachers who want to make it work, right? That's what's happening here. But really, if we're looking realistically, that's not a real plan for actual schools. You can't just rely on your workers to make it, you know, suitable for other workers. You get have good. To, yeah, get, get better workers, support Be each better. other. No, it comes from the top, right? It comes from how things are ran first, and that's how you make a, an actual environment that people want to work in, right? That's, that's the thing. Like, from my experience, you know, if it wasn't for you guys and for the support system that I had developed... Um, I would not be here. And so the first thing that I have to say is that for new teachers or teachers who are just entering the career or individuals who are coming from another career and just entering uh, the career, you know, there has to be better support. And we're just scratching the surface here because there's still, like, like Belcaster said, there's still testing, there's mm-hmm. still meetings, there's still professional developments, yeah. professional developments that aren't any use to us, by the way. Like, they're, they're right. meaningless. There, guys, there is such thing as real professional development. Right. That's why I'm always hesitant because like, you guys go to meetings? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I haven't been invited to one yet, so I don't yeah. know. Well, they still don't know I work here. So, <laughs> um, you're, you've mentioned before, like, like trainings and professional, which is how like a normal job operates. Like you're not going to go work at like a Domino's and they're like, well, you know what a pizza looks like. Just figure it out. Like, like there's like a week of this is how you make pizza or whatever. There's no such thing here. Like there is a thing, but like, it's so like backburnered. What, nor any school do I know of anything like this where they actually, um, like, orients teachers into like, we have embrace Pinellas, which is like, it's, I mean, I guess it is categorically training, but everybody told me because, you know, we need a professional license also. We need a real certification that you have to take real college classes for Mm -hmm. and go to through the real state's department to get. So Embrace Pinellas is like what you would call like Mickey Mouse training where it's like, oh, this is how you do group work or whatever. Like, and I guess for me. I'm, I'm particularly salty and sour on those things because I have done so much work with nonprofit and so much work with kids and so much of all of these things. Like I, I feel like a lot of this stuff is just kind of my base anyway. So for people to come in and, and tell me like how to, how to do this stuff and how to build a rapport with, with 
with students is like, really, you're going to waste my time with this. Like a lot of it is, is just a waste of time. It is. And it's kind of upsetting because we don't have a lot of time. And I think no. Joey knows a lot about this as well. It's just not ne- never having any time for yourself almost because he, he lives here basically. Oh, this is no. the first time we've seen Joey all year. No. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> no, my, uh, my days are, oh, sorry. My days are uh, very, very, very long. I, uh, I mean, do you want me to go into what, how they are? Go for or, it. I mean, it was yeah. a normal day uh, for so, Joey. So, so a normal day is, so I really care about fitness I mean I'd love to eat so I don't look like the fittest person in the world but I've been working out for probably ever since I graduated undergrad almost every single day so I wake up in the morning about 4:45 I get to the gym probably around 5:15 ish a.m lift go straight from essentially the gym to the school I get here probably about 6:30 6:45 that's when I get all my printing done set up the classroom all that good jazz go through all the different um, Go through the school day. It ends at 1.55, around 2.15, I'm down at whatever practices are going on. And then on a day where there's no games, I'm here till about 6, 6.30. And the game, days that there are games, like tonight, I'm going to probably be here till about 9, 9.30, 10, depending on how quickly the game goes. I mean, it's basketball, so if there's a lot of fouls, it goes to overtime, who knows. There's been times where I've gotten back during football season at 1 a.m. It just kind of depends on mm-hmm. the day and this is just for me to li- have a decent living because i do get paid extra for it but it's do you feel like you're fairly compensated for all this uh no not at all not for the um the, the amount hours, of hours. That, the hours right. that i put in to this school and you do weekends sometimes too don't you Yep. depending mm-hmm. on if yeah. sometimes there's makeup stuff there's been times where football games get rained out i'll work i uh, have to work that friday night and then into that next Saturday because they have to make a football game. Sometimes there's track on the weekends. And just to keep essentially living the way I personally like to live, I do per diem work on the weekends as well. That's outside of school. And that's ridiculous because let's, let's make sure all the listeners understand this. Joey is a highly qualified teacher. He has a master's degree. Mm-hmm. I mean, can you go into your education for a second? So I got my bachelor's of athletic training at Florida Southern, and then I got my master's in um, athletic training but pediatric sports medicine at USF, and then I finally finished all my classes that I need to, so mm-hmm. I got my five-year professional certificate. So I've, uh, I've been, around the, been around the block when it comes to yeah. education. This is, this is an individual that the governor would like to replace with the spouse of a veteran. Right. And this man, he's teaching anatomy now, which the kids are, they should be grateful for that. They need a person yeah. like him teaching anatomy. And the kids do love you. And they like, love him. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I guess it's just kind of crazy. Cause I don't want to say it's, it's just a pay, right? But it's mm-hmm. also like, are you being fairly paid for your time? You know, are you actually getting your worth out of your time? And that's what I'm getting at with like meetings mm-hmm. and then all the testing and then all the PDs, like, do we get fairly compensated as well? So it seems like we're being overwhelmed. It seems like we're not being fairly compensated. It seems like you're not being supported in any way. Mm-hmm. And really, at the end of the day, when you add all these ingredients together, is it really the bottom line, our salary? I'm I don't think gonna... anyone really comes in to teach for the salary. Exactly. I think it's the passion for right. teaching. Like, I, that's not why, like, I graduated with a degree in political science and philosophy from Florida International University. Yeah, I could have gone to law school. Yeah, I could have gone straight to a master's or PhD program. But I do have a passion for teaching, and that's why I came into this career, you know, because I wanted to teach people. 
you yeah. know in college i was already tutoring and doing it on the side but that doesn't pay enough like our poor mm-hmm. tutors like you know, we don't talk about them but they exist and they're suffering out there yeah trying and we can't forget there's also the cultural aspect of what it's like to be a teacher today you know in the state of florida especially we're getting attacked left right center by everyone by parents by students by the governor you know by administrators in some school you know it's uncomfortable for to be a teacher in some instances and it's hard to teach when you know that the political climate's against you yeah, yeah. and if people hate you it's just really because of your career i mean like i said i've had a million jobs i've never like clocked into Publix and had to defend my my right and proficiency at making sandwiches i attended bar like, i never had to defend my right to make <laughs> right. drinks yeah. it's, like, it's really weird that this is out of all the jobs i've ever had this is the one i have to constantly keep defending that like it should exist so we're going to take a break, and when we get back, we're going to begin our based awards. Based. Stick around. Hey guys, it's Brennan. One of my goals moving into this podcast project was to have the voices of our listeners play an active role in sharing our message that Union's Public Schools, well, they're not going anywhere without a fight. And as we dive deeper into the themes of public education, teachers' unions, and political activism, we want to hear from you, our listeners. If you're a teacher, parent, even a member of the community, we extend an open invitation for you to send us a voice recording with your name, occupation, and why you're sticking with the union during these politically turbulent times. We'd love to play these recordings at the beginning of our episodes and share your thoughts with our listeners. You can send these recordings to PCTA Fire, that's F-Y-R-E, pod, at gmail.com. Additionally, we encourage you to write to your representative and advocate for teachers' unions and public education. You can easily locate your representative by visiting www.myfloridahouse.gov forward slash find your representative. Your voice can make a difference in supporting education and the future of our students. So take a moment to send us a voice clip and write to your representative. Let's work together to positively impact education for all. Hello there. If you support the podcast, you can now donate directly to us from the link in the description. You can donate 99 cents, 4.99, or 9.99 monthly. Your donation can help get me, Aziz, off the streets. Well, unfortunately, Aziz will always be on the streets. He yearns for the streets. But your support will go towards producing high-quality episodes just like the one you're listening to right now. Your support helps us keep gas in the tank, food on our tables, and our classrooms full of pencils and paper. We all know edumacators all over America are undervalued and underpaid. Help us, mooks like me, continue to bring recognition and a voice to education professionals. And we're back. So we're going to start doing our base awards for the week, which for everyone who is listening, I'm going to explain it, but I'm going to let Mr. Aziz explain it since he's our resident Gen Zer. I don't know if you want me to explain it, but I will. I will explain it, you know, for for all the the millennials and the boomers and the Gen Xers out there who do not know what based means. It's a little bit of internet lingo, but basically it's either something that is agreeable, you know, like you say something and you're like, oh yeah, I agree to that. That's pretty based. 
or something that is so shocking and insane that it's respectable. You know, you see some phenomenon take place that shocks you, makes you jump out of your chair, your soul comes out of your body because of said phenomenon. Now that's pretty based. So if you guys listen to the <laughs> NPR politics podcast, like I do, and I'm, gonna say, I'm just going to say I ripped them off. They do a thing called Can't Let It Go, and this is what we're doing, essentially. We're talking about something we have done throughout the week that we can't let go. Politics, union, news, school, anything that you can't let go, just talk about it. And we're using the cool hip lingo because we just love Aziz we're so much. We're actually just trying to kill Gen Z lingo. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. This is lit. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm the one indoctrinating all you the teachers to use this <gasps> terminology. Are you bussing right now? Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. Are you, are you Fire. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So moving around. Actually, I think I'm going to give you the honor, sir. What is your base award for the week? So it was pretty based uh, what happened to me in my classroom. So in my seventh period AP psych class, um, that class is full of IB kids and just super intellectual students. A lot, cause some of my, as I call them, protégés who, you know, follow in reading philosophy and actually are intellectuals. They're in that class, so sometimes they can be a little unruly because they're like, "Oh, we're so smart and superior. We don't want to behave. We don't want to listen to lecture. Let us have a mental health day." But basically, what happened is I have this like spinny, old spinny chair wooden chair and sometimes i like to stand on like chairs or desk to get the kids attention just so they can like you know focus on me for a second by doing like you know my outlandishly things by standing on chairs or walking on desk or whatever oh no you're not you're standing on desks yeah i'm standing on desk yeah Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) it it works though because they're like what is this guy doing this guy's crazy this guy's crazy he's holding his poet society yeah so (laughs) basically what happened was i was uh trying to get them to focus and so i stepped on i was like stepping on uh this chair on this like spinny old chair that i have uh and it's like wooden chair whatever and i was like as one would say, Gopnik squatting, like squatting in a particular sort of way. I was squatting on the chair, and what ended up happening was, was I fell back, I fell over, and it was like, it was all in slow motion, where I fell back, and I hit my back, I hit my head, and was just lying there for a second. I was pro- totally and fine. Then, just, then he was unconscious for like at least three hours. <laughs> this is this is not a workman's comp claim. <laughs> no, this is not a workman's Coach comp Joey, do you need to inspect him? For- no, no, no. Can you do a quick concussion <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. It's totally fine. Totally fine. Uh, but like, it all happened in slow motion because I was in the middle of saying something, and then oh. I was just like falling back, and I was like, oh no. <laughs> And I fell back, and everyone just like shrieked, and they ran over, and they're like, "Mr. Aziz, were you okay?" Ah. And I was just like lying there, laughing, laughing phenomenally because it was just Jeez. absolutely funny. The care, the kids, they got spooked, but then they came over and they're like, "Oh, you're fine." And I was like, "Yes, I'm fine, guys. I'm not an old, old individual. My back didn't break. Don't yeah. worry, I'm okay." Just every old teacher at St. Pete High. I apologize to every old teacher at well, St. Pete High. Aziz is like four years older than our oldest student here. So, so you know, I was actually yeah, basically. joking about this. When my first year of teaching, I could have theoretically taught Ramsey Aziz because I did Whoa. teach 17, 18 year olds. And oh my goodness! What was it? 2017? Yeah. Yeah, I was still in high school in yeah. 2017. That's kind of yeah. crazy. Right. Yeah. But yet they'll still tell us when we when we have issues. They're like, "Oh, you guys are still young. I'll be 36 in April." I don't know how much longer that oh, argument is going to hold up. Assume you had to retire him from fire. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> 
Florida's <laughs> oldest, youngest educator. Coach or teacher, trainer, Joey. Um, <laughs> What's your real base award, sir? Oh, uh, my base award is actually to a couple of my students that I have that I see in the morning at 5 a.m. at the gym. I do not know how they do it because I sometimes have a lot of trouble doing it, and I'm a full-grown adult. I know I did not have the discipline to do that. When I was 14 through 18, like I could not do it at all. <laughs> pizza. I still can't no, do it. So but I seeing refuse. them there is awesome. And one of them is actually in my first period. And it's an interesting conversation that we have every day. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, what did we work out that day? How was it? It's nice to see them there and actually caring about their health and fitness, especially since most of my education was all about health. Nice. Yeah, that's great. I'm going to give mine. So last Friday... I had had a restorative conversation of all my classes about how I feel like they're not really giving me a 100%. And it was actually upsetting me. We talked a lot about emotional baggage today as well. I was feeling emotionally drained because I feel like I come into school. I cut, By the way, if everyone knows, I do come here every day at 6 a.m., like an hour before contracts. And I grade papers. Crazy. I know, I'm a crazy person. I haven't missed a beat either. I've done it every single day since the school year started. I'm going to do it all. I'm going to finish the year doing this because I'm crazy. But anyway, that's, that's beyond the point. The point I was trying to make to all my students is like, hey, guys, I'm giving 100% why can't you, right? And we had this really great conversation. I asked them for suggestions. We had a feedback session. It was a good time. Uh, I think it ended like really good conversations. Anyway, I took two days off after that. Uh, so I had Monday and Tuesday off because I was in Pass Grill with my wife having a great time. And my wonderful colleague started spreading rumors that I had put my two weeks in and shaved my head. You're welcome. <laughs> so I started getting emails from my students saying, Mr. Pickett, just so you know, we, we think you're a great teacher and we're sorry. And, you know, you can't quit. You're, you're, you're great. We love you. And I'm like, oh, my God. The apology tour, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I kept telling them, like, I'm not fishing for compliments, guys. Can you just, like, care a little bit? Just give that a shot. Just care. Just try caring, please. Yeah. Yeah, I had a couple of your students who we share come up to me, and they were really panicked because they they wanted to make sure that you were okay and that you weren't leaving. And I was just like, "No, he's quitting. I'm yeah, not, I, I my man's is gone." Fueled that fire. I did too. I made we sure all they did. knew you were we quitting. We started the rumors. <laughs> yes, he so. told me. Uh, one of the students came in who left your class and is now in my class was like, did Mr. Pickett really quit? I was like, oh, absolutely, 100%. And it's your fault. You did it to him. Jesus. <laughs> so they were, they were actually frightened for a while. Yeah, well, it's nice getting compliments, but for the wrong reason, I guess. <laughs> um, okay, I guess my base award is it's not that base. It's kind of, this is kind of a weak one. But um, it happened earlier, and this is kind of like a third-hand-based award, if that makes any sense. But um, I was talking to one of my students, uh, one of my TAs, about going to the gym, and um, they were asking why I shaved my head. I said, well, I'm trying to get into shape. And I said, oh, actually, no, we were talking about BMI. That's how we got there. So we were talking about um, like how weight and height is not a good way to measure BMI. It doesn't account for like bone density and muscle mass and all that stuff. Uh, Coach Joey can can correct me if I'm wrong, but there's also like there's also like army style where we what we did in our classroom where you like measure your neck and yeah. your waist and all that, and that's like a little bit more accurate. And how um, anyway, we were talking about that, and because I mentioned this army style B, BMI, the TA was like, "Are you really trying to join Space Force?" <laughs> <laughs> and the story is that this started as a joke with one of my students and. Um, I, we looked it up in front of the class, put it on the screen, that the age limit for joining Space Force is 39. So I'm still within the limits. And I was like, guys, I'm joining Space Force. I'm going to do it. And it's like almost not even a joke at this point because like many teachers, it's not I, a bit. I'm always looking at you know other opportunities. And you know, like military benefits?
candidates, if I can, you know, join as a, you know, a lieutenant with my college degree, it's like kind of looking pretty attractive. So, um, so the so the rumor going around the school is that Bel Castro is quitting and joining the Space Force, which is like maybe like a half truth. But the based part is that this TA told me said, yeah, we told Mr. Bryant that you're uh, Lee Bryant, who did our intro of our previous episode. <laughs> we told Mr. Bryant that uh, you're quitting to join the Space Force. And he goes, I'm not surprised. <laughs> so, so the best part is Great that impression. nobody is shocked that I want to quit teaching and join the Space Force. I'm currently training him, so that way he's fit enough to exactly. join the Space Force. Yeah, yeah. well, I am, yeah. I am technically a little too short to be a stormtrooper, much like Luke Skywalker. They're going to so. say you to Uranus. They yeah. do have um, <laughs> plastic-weighted swords at Crunch Fitness. Are they lightsabers? Wait, they do. Where? It, you know where the be- the um, massage beds are on the side? You walk in there to your right. They yeah. have, they have swords? two black weight like weighted like plastic swords. Can what I just so, walk around the gym? Guns don't work in space, so you're going to have to use swords. <laughs> well, can I bring my own lightsaber? Because, I mean, maybe I have a couple. We have this new type of training at Crunch yeah. today. We We're don't gonna... have the technology yet. We don't have the technology. Yeah, so that's my base award, is that um, Lee Bryant is not surprised that I want to quit teaching and join the Space Force. Jeez. <laughs> well, I guess that's all we have for today. We're going to sign off. Hey everyone, we would like to remind our listeners about important school board meetings taking place on March 21st and April 11th at 10am, as well as a 5pm meeting on April 25th. Remember, it's vital for teachers, parents, and community members to attend these meetings and advocate for public education. Your voice and presence can play a significant role in shaping the future of education and improving the lives of students in our community. We want to give a special thank you to Philip Belcastro for providing our theme music and Artifact for adding some great tracks into our intermissions. If you haven't already, be sure to check out Artifact's music at artifactjoints.bandcamp.com. We also want to express our gratitude to Radio St. Pete for airing our podcast, Jamie Beck, Brian Balton, Carla Correa, and Nancy Filardi, as well as all of our supporters in the education community. Your support and dedication has been instrumental to getting the word out and reaching new listeners. Well, that's all for today. I'm Brennan Pickett. You guys have a great day.